Hi, my name's Alistair. Hi, my name's Kat, and this is Bampop Productions Podcast. When... So, you wanted to talk about... Asylum seekers being sent to Rwanda. Huh. Where is Rwanda? Africa. Where in Africa? East Africa, I think. Next to Kenya and Uganda. Sounds about right, yeah. I, I think in that region. Um, okay, so the gist of it. Home Secretary Priti Patel is saying that failed asylum seekers will be sent to Rwanda. I'm, I'm not, I assume that means, because the process is that an asylum seeker and a refugee are very different. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to claim asylum and then after that they assess you and they decide whether you become a refugee. After you're a refugee, there's another process and you could eventually maybe gain some kind of PR or maybe some kind of residency in a country i i think that's a process so when she says failed asylum seekers i don't really know what she means does she means that they pick them up before they hit the uk as in their in the channel because they seem to be focusing on the migrants in the channel or have they failed the process to go from asylum seeker to refugee, I'm not entirely sure. But anyway, if they fail either or, so either they're picked up before they hit the UK shores, or they hit hit the UK shores and they're picked up and they're sent to Rwanda. So I'm not actually sure from what I've read. Um, so the first articles I read on this um, a few weeks ago, before it kind of went into effect and they started pushing for it now, um, was that they're going to be sending people there for processing. So if someone's coming to seek asylum in the UK, that's where they will be sent in the interim to um, uh, while their claims are being processed. Well, that's I'm different. I'm a bit unsure about the stories that are in the news today about failed asylum seekers being sent there. Like I assume yeah. that the policy would just be to... Um, like the policy is just to send people back to the country, you know, repatriate them to the country that they came from. Um, that's happened this week. A flight left for Albania, um, carrying a group of people that had failed asylum. So, it seems strange. They're saying these are failed asylum seekers. Maybe they're going to have less of a legal challenge against that because you know those people have less rights anyway to be in the UK. Yeah. Um, in fairness to the government, the. The channel crisis is real. It's a huge issue. People are dying there. Um, it's a hugely risky thing to come in and many people are making the journey. The problems aren't just with immigration policy either. It's huge global inequality pushing people. Climate crisis has a part in this. Um, people are unable to kind of live in their home nations and kind of get life that they want and there's more opportunity to travel now as well and to make those sorts of journeys I, I don't think this is all on one government um or like kind of conservatives it's a huge crisis and i don't really know in fairness what the answer is you don't want people making illegal crossings like ideally no because it's dangerous ideally you want people you know putting in their applications before they arrive in a country and seeing if they're you know legitimate or not um 
the other nation that's done this is Australia, which frequently has, you know, lots of migrants die. Sends the them to the Christmas Island. Christmas Island, yeah. And it's not a festive place. It's <laughs> Yeah, it's not right? what it sounds like. It's like got a really <laughs> pretty cute name, like. and it's not a festive place. It's basically a prison. It's a camp, yeah, a prison camp. It's kind of like they're doing what the British did to their ancestors, because their ancestors. What penal colony kind of? It seems I think like it's a, worse than that. So they've got one light up, and they made it worse. Yeah. Because like, how many of those people that are on the Christmas Island actually legally get brought across to mainland Australia? I actually don't know what the percentage like, is. Like, I think I it's quite know. low, isn't it? Isn't it quite low? But in Australia, it has, it seems to anyway, have helped to reduce the number of people making that crossing. Um, you know, a lot of people on the left are, you know, I think rightly very upset with this. It's a very big change and the government certainly should have pushback against it. But, you know, without addressing the huge issues of global inequality, I don't see what the solution to this is other than saying, okay, no borders anymore. Like anyone can come into the UK. You need no paperwork or anything. Because I say, as soon as you put any restrictions on people, they're going to make a, the crossing illegally and it is dangerous. Like, really bad but do you know the statistics in terms of the amount of people that actually cross the channel because the media really f has begun to focus on it the past couple of years actually they've um, been like doing it increasingly yeah for the past few years but how many people actually do illegally enter the uk via the uh, channel because i thought it was more that tended to come on legal visas and they overstayed their welcome so no, and I mean that they don't extend the visas. Yeah. Like, maybe they come as a tourist. That's a huge Which issue is well. legal. You can be here for six months. Yeah. And I have and heard of people it. that overstay and then they work off the radar and they get paid cash in hand. I think that's, I think other, that's yeah. really common. That's another huge issue. Yeah. So, this is the thing. Like, there are ways to do this. Legally, oh, well, to arrive in the country legally and then overstay. But kind is there of no thing. more that do it that way than channel tunnel way? I mean, then so channel. Yeah, yeah then, then the channel. I'm not sure. So the government figures are for the first four months of 2022, seven and a half thousand people made the crossing illegally on small boats across the channel. For this year, just the so first, far. No, just the first four months of it. So mm. that's not including you know up to was it we're on the ninth of May. Like it's, it's pretty bad. It's pretty severe. Um, and these are people that aren't you know arriving legally, and then. So it's not just a magnification by the media. There is there's statistically a yeah there's a, a huge lot issue. Yeah. like a lot of people. And people are dying making the crossing. It's pretty. Uh... Yeah, of course. But then you because I guess they of... can't always have lifeboats out to rescue them or the dinghy yeah. is isn't safe or the then you look at the calais camps as well oh and, calais camps um, are absolutely horrendous barbaric absolutely sad because the french don't actually want them there so they make it as unwelcoming as possible yeah. and you you'd want if you had kids especially you would want them out of that like you would make those sorts of you know take those risks and make those sacrifices it's not to say there isn't a human like crisis on that side as well um 
I really don't know what the answer is. I say if you want to cut down the illegal crossings, I think this policy will work. Sending people through Rwanda it did work in Australia. Um, if people know that you're going, that's what awaits them, then it really removes a lot of the incentive to make that. Does crossing. Australia still get a lot of illegals coming? It does, but it cut it down. I forget. I was reading an article on this ages ago. I can't remember like the it exact cut down number. Sig- significantly. significantly though. Yeah. And how and how many people on that island actually get to Australia legally? I don't know what the numbers are. Is it literally no like gold dust to try and get to Australia le- legally in that way? I suspect so because because Australia is very hard to get into legally in terms of actually staying there permanently because they work by the points. Yeah. System. I don't know what the standards Which you have mean, to hit are to be considered a, like a refugee or an asylum seeker. Like well, a legitimate one. A legitimate, yeah. but you know, the vast majority of people are economic migrants. They want a better life, and but. Which is legit legitimate as well. Um. However, the issue. Is I, I don't know like what level of danger you need to be in to be granted asylum. Most people aren't in that. Like most people aren't political prisoners. Most people aren't risking, you know. Um, it's more their circumstances the are difficult. Yeah, they are, as opposed they, yeah. to their lives are at risk. Risk. And I think your life can be at risk through poverty, and it's, I don't. And through war count. as well. But the thing yeah. is, though, there will always be a limit as to what a country can take, can take in. Yep. For a number of reasons, I think it's a good thing as well. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not against borders. Like, I, I think, certainly not for one country to do it anyway. But I think the point you made is really good about you know the m- most illegal migrants in the US. I don't know if that's true in Europe where you have a kind of closer land border to Europe. Like, a lot of its land borders, to, yeah. And you're so much you can walk across to these perhaps high poverty yeah. areas like Africa and kind of the Middle East with war zones and things. But if you think about somewhere like America, I know it's I like almost all like over ninety percent of the. I don't know why I I have the number ninety eight percent in my head. I'm not sure if that's right or not, but it's over that's ninety. I don't think it is, but anyway, over ninety percent of the illegal immigrants in America come via plane on a visa. Like because a they overstay visa. the visa. This is why the wall was such a stupid thing. It's like a political point, and it's so a why was it done political... then? If it's so dumb, and it it wins you so many it, votes, it's well. And yeah. actually, this is the funny thing as well. I I love how much shit Trump took for that when every, but he didn't begin the wall. Every president since four uh, presidents, he, yeah, Dems and Republicans, yeah. Uh, Obama added to the wall. Um, oh yeah, Bush they've all added, added to, the, to wall. the wall. The ball, the wall, and yeah. Clinton. I can't remember if it was started under Clinton or Ju- Bush Senior, um, but it was one of those two in the nineties that had the plan for it, and then I think no way. I think they were talking about it mm. under the older Bush. Yeah, Clinton was the one during his presidency that, that it started, started practically yeah. to to actually happen. Now that's going back almost thirty years. Yeah. And it's still not complete. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's how, that's the length of time. I mean, the Great Wall of China took lesser time to build <laughs> than that wall. But the other thing is, like, it's it, it's such a, such a useless, I say it wins the votes and that's the point, especially in those kind of border communities um, where they, they feel this like is that. their land. Yeah. But it's interesting because it was taken from Mexico, that land, in not very pretty ways. <laughs> like it's... Well, actually, 
New Mexico was part of old Mexico. California and Texas yeah. also. Yeah. Where if you That's go it. way back. So Mexico probably kicks themselves now because California and Texas are rich uh, states. Although California does have a high rate of homelessness and severe drug addiction now. But, well, that's been... I think Mexico had the oil boom that was in tech that kind of really sparked industrialization and the kind of modern era in America. Like, it could be a very different world if Mexico was the one to, you know... Mexico could be the rich one. And uh, there's a lot of I don't really things. know there's how it comes would, into yeah. it as well. But I think... I, I read... Um, I can't remember who this was. It was a historian I was reading years and years ago, but I I didn't never looked into it any further. But I remember like he made a really compelling argument that um, the cheapness of oil in America in the late eighteen hundreds was really what drove their success today. It gave them a huge head because start. there was a huge boom. Yeah, yeah. there was and very, then they industrialized and people talk a lot about they kind of developed like very quickly kind of Calvinist work ethic and sort of, you know, the the pioneering spirit and that. But he's like, actually, you know... Well, they had a lot of oil. Oil was so cheap. So they meant a lot of money. Yeah, they literally just had it fill up, you know, fucking lakes of it and just pick it off, isn't it? Like, you know... In fact, there was a point in the... There was a point in the Texas oil boom where they would, like, drill an oil well and they take the oil out. You know, there's a lot of pressure in the well, so it pushes the oil up. They would take what they wanted from it, and as the well lost pressure, you know, the rate at which the oil comes out would slow down. Now, rather than just take all the oil that was coming at a slower rate, it was actually cheaper for them just to leave it. The oil would just keep flowing and flow into rivers and to the fucking Gulf of Mexico, and uh, they would just open up a new one, like just down where the pressure was higher. Like it was insane, just how yeah, because the environment didn't really count for very much then. It's the easiest oil humans have ever got from anywhere. Like, better than Saudi Arabia. It was, like, millimetres from the surface. Like, crazy wealth. Anyway, it'd be funny if, yeah, Texas was still Mexico, how that would have changed things. Well, Mexico would have more wealth, but that doesn't necessarily mean there would be more equality or the society wouldn't be any more fair. Anyway, Um, sorry, just back to the point, I apologise. I got distracted. So, the... Vast majority of migrants, illegal immigrants, illegal, illegals, let's just call them illegals. Let's just completely dehumanize them. The vast majority of the, your face, the vast majority of the illegals in America, even from Mexico, come on a, like, a tourist visa. Yeah, then they outstay. And they just never show up for the return flight. But it's really cheap to get a flight from Mexico to America. But then why don't the government clamp down on that way rather than mm. the wall, which is what, what the reason that we said before, votes. Um, That's it. And I think that all governments actually, in terms of the GDP, rely on the black market economy. So, because see, hypothetically, mm. if uh-huh. they were in theory... And I know this would be almost impossible, but if every country were in theory to expel people that were hired illegally to work for their own nationals, yeah. I think things would tank fairly quick. So I think that it does suit certain people to look the other way much of the time. Because think about it, how many employers in the US hire people that are illegal, that they don't pay as much, that they don't treat particularly right. well? Do you know what I mean? Like the agricultural work, mm-hmm. the factory work, um, 
the housework, like all these things. That's very much propped up by the illegal workforce. So hypothetically, if that was removed, and I highly doubt it could ever be done in reality, but if it was done, like I think you would see a lot of employers tank. You would. I actually think it's a bad thing overall, but would do like that. a lot of employers like, tank. One, I don't like that. I've heard that argument a lot, and I think it's true. Um, it, but you hear things like you know, oh, migrants uh, work harder than the British workforce, and therefore they should, you know, they, they, and it's like it's not so much that they work harder; it's also that they don't really know their their rights as workers and it's like I don't think it's a good thing well they don't really have any options on them I think that's the thing and when you get to illegal immigrants it's like they're giving up a lot of health and safety you know you get this occasionally where like modern day slaves there was the oh that's been uh, pickers in Morecambe Bay that was a tragedy horrendous but, but that's the thing, like, it's not that these people, it's like, oh, well, they work hard, they're, they're willing to work in those conditions. Like, no one should be forced to do that, whether they they're here really legal or not. Those conditions, yeah. like, they don't have any options. Um, do you know if, like, they had options, then they probably wouldn't have left their country, which was China. But they were brought, brought over by lack of a term for it, by a slave yeah. master. And he was yeah. from China. From their province. Yeah, yeah, he was one of them, but wasn't that? But obviously, it's a chain, and I'm sure the British were involved on the way. Also, I'm sure a lot of the locals were aware that they maybe weren't there legally, but then again, they like also maybe couldn't envision, you know, the fact they would all drown because they didn't know the tide, and there was a lot of them that drowned. I think there was. What was there? The other thing is, I yeah, it was it was. Horrendous. And 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 I think there was a couple of children as well. Yeah. But I mean, I think, I think that's one of the issues. I don't really agree that. I don't think it's good for the economy either to have things. It's not just that it's bad for the people. It's bad for the economy. And I think you hear this attitude a lot, particularly in the UK, where it's like you know, well. People are lazy. You can't give them benefits. You can't do this. You've got to incentivize people to go out and work. I think everyone's pretty lazy when it comes down to it. I think employers are lazy. And I think that if employers can hire people on kind of very low wages, they don't need to work on things like productivity or investing in kind of tech that makes people, you know, machinery that makes people more productive. They can just put all of that effort into, you know, the employees can just eat up that slack in, in low wages and kind of poor conditions. Um, I actually think that forcing employers to kind of pay better wages encourages them to make sure that their businesses are more efficient, that they're making that money back. Um, and I think that when you do things like include, you know, either very cheap labour from abroad or illegal labour where they have zero rights like it completely destroys any incentive that an employer has to make because then they think about themselves yeah because then it's like well we save more money we like have a much better life why would we spend half a million on a new production line when we can just pay them you know five pounds an hour yeah let's just do that that's easier and it is easier and people of course people do that you pick the path of least resistance Everyone does, but I, I genuinely think people should, and I think that's one of the issues with, let's say, um, illegal immigration, and even legal to an extent, but uh, it is tough. I really don't know what the answer is. It sounds horrendous to send someone away to, like, Rwanda kind of thing. It sounds dodge, but 
at the same time, in I don't know what the plan is. I think that the plan is that that they that they're really emphasizes because they want to deter people from even coming because they're saying you're going to get sent all the way mm. here because that, they're that not all going to yeah. get sent there. So I think it must be like they're trying to make the media the focus yeah. on because I don't think the UK can really deal with. I mean, how much facilities do we actually have in the UK for? people that are coming in there are detention centers in fact the, the governments have consistently but after they leave for... the detention though like save they legally mm-hmm. can remain in the uk like how like good and how efficient are the facilities afterwards like in terms of housing and help they get because ireland well technically they're not part of the uk but the republic of ireland I read an article now saying that they're finding it hard to accommodate all the Ukrainian, all the Ukrainians yeah. that they so kindly offered to take in. Resources an issue, right? Yeah, like I don't. But then again, I mean, if I could, I would wave a magic wand and they could all have a great house and we could all have a great house. But that's not the way that life works. I think I think I'm right in saying this, like, yeah, that. Migrants into countries typically, over the course of their life, contribute more, like in terms of you know taxation and stuff, than a native-born person. Like on average, um, I don't think it's a net loss. Like it's not like you just give someone a house and like you just have to support them forever. And I know you, you know, if you read things like the Daily Mail, you'll be able to find you know the migrant family. You know, there'll be one or two migrant families that you know. They'll have lots of children and they'll never work a day in their life and they'll take 50 grand a year in benefits and it's like... Well, I know one family. Yeah, well, fine. But that's a, a minority of people. Like, the vast majority of migrants contribute greatly to, to the country. Um, and I, I think I'm right in saying that overall migrants contribute more than native-born. Um, Pile on, in the migrants then! Kind Pile of, them yeah. in! Like, it's not a loss to take care of them. It's only in the instant when you have, like, a huge surge and... You don't have the facilities there but to be honest this is a problem with policy over the last like you know so many decades as well and um, i think one of people of governments not not buying enough uh, sorry not investing enough in public services and housing things like that and secondly it's a lack of personal responsibility as well i think you know a lot of the council states that you know that exist in Scotland that, you know, we've been in in the past. Like, it's the individual people that live there that take no pride or responsibility in where they are, don't want to make it better. It's, yeah, I know. Well, it's there's not, a lack of community. Yeah, it's not just a Scotland migrant isn't problem. known for its communities. It's not just a migrant problem. It's not just a government problem. I think that, you know, if you kind of want the world to be better, you've got to make it yourself to some extent. And... Uh, even just your kind of local area started. God, it sounds so cheese, but I do think it's true. <laughs> um, you know, the, You're the poster boy for everyone, let's be nice to one another. But I mean, the, the problem is there's poor levels of and poor quality social housing. It's like, well, that's a problem both in government, not investing in it, prioritising other things, and also of people, you know, not making it better. Well, I mean, people not making it better, to be fair is a worldwide issue, isn't yeah. it? Because, I mean, let's be honest, a lot it of people is. just couldn't give a rat's arse. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, but then a lot of people really create a lot of issues and problems because they only think about themselves. Yeah. Um, I don't really know whether Scotland really has a lot of good communities, to be honest. I don't really know whether the UK as a country is really known for that. I think that the communities tend to be, as you mentioned, certain people from abroad that come and it's easier for them to perhaps band together. Yeah. Just like if the British lived abroad, then they band together with other expats. But obviously, the hierarchy is a bit different. (laughs) But the sentiment and mentality is the same, but the hierarchy is a bit different because expats tend to live, you know, quite a good lifestyle. Well, I mean, in terms of the practical side of things. But I mean, if I could wave a magic wand and make everyone love one another and everyone have a beautiful life, I would. That's just not how it works in real life. Oh, is it? And I don't know how this Rwandan asylum seekers being sent there is going to end. I don't know how it's going to fare. Like we mentioned, legal challenges are already being done. So I don't know how that's going to work. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Do you have any final words? No, I think that's it. Just to say I don't know much about the situation, but it'll be interesting to see how it happens. And, you know, the world's typically getting better overall, but some people keep complaining, and I don't think it's a massive issue either way, to be honest. Yeah, well. <laughs> that is the cat's contribution. The Bampot cat. The Bampot cat! Yeah. The Bampot cat is our mascot. She's a bammer. And she's saying it's time to go. Yep, it's time to go. Okay. Bye from me. Bye, bye. from Alistair. Um, bye from Kat. Oh, bye, bye from... from Bampot. Produ- no, it's your line, isn't it? Bye. Yes. Bye from Alistair. Bye from Kat. Bye from Bampot Productions Podcast. Check us out on Twitter at Bampot Pod. All right. Bye. Bye.